0: So you want to talk about rejection? Sure. Should I just get started?
1: Yeah, why don't you just jump in? Okay.
0: Rejection. (laughs) So I think it's been three weeks or maybe a month at this point, but I'm still not over something. And I feel like I keep bringing this up to you, but I reached out to two people.
1: I love a good guessing game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to call them, but a team, a duo, a brand. But mm-hmm. I reached out to two people that I had been wanting to ask to come and be guests on our podcast for a while and didn't hear back from them. And then I waited a couple of weeks and then I reached back out to them again. And finally, I heard back. And unfortunately, they said that they would be unable to join us and for whatever reason it really brought me down and I told you about it immediately and you gave me the it's them it's not you speech and I think I got really pissed at you <laughs> like... I
1: believe I believe the direct quote was "they're there,
0: there. <laughs> hi I'm Michelle an entrepreneur and creative business coach
1: Hi, I'm Steve and I'm a social media and digital content strategist.
0: We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms.
1: Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world.
0: If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. is that I'm still thinking about this like like quite, quite honestly like I haven't let this go and it wasn't that I was thinking that it would be a complete slam dunk like I was pretty sure myself that they would say yes but I don't know this this isn't the first time that we've asked someone to be on the show and they've said no and mm-hmm. we've had a couple instances where we've asked and haven't heard back at all but
1: can't let that one go. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> There's been another kind of like significant incident that we've had and, and asking someone and it not working out. And we've talked to the two of us. have Well documented
1: on this. I yes. Mean, it's been
0: yes, documented yes. on the podcast, but you and I have also talked about it a lot and we, we'll just bring it up sometime. What were you feeling when that happened? Cause this was like kind of your ask.
1: I think it's crushing when, you know, well, my mindset is to ask. Because you don't know until you until you ask, right? So like I I always feel rather like confident in saying, yeah, I have no problem reaching out to this person and asking, and and it's the it's the hope that they're gonna say yes, and then you're gonna have this this really neat opportunity. I would almost rather someone say no, sorry, I can't do that, or you know, for whatever reason, than for someone to just not respond. And it's even worse when you know they've seen the message and and they choose not to respond. Yeah, it's deflating. I think it's deflating because I don't ever want to be in a position where someone's asking me to do something, no matter what level of success or whoever I am or become, where I can't be responsive to someone's needs or request or at least try to help facilitate some kind of compromise or successful outcome I just could never see myself doing that to someone else so I it that's why I think it bugs me a lot when it when it happens Um, and it hasn't happened often but it it has happened enough times for to us I think with people that we look up to and admire in our industry that it kind of leaves you with a little bit of a sour taste um, in your mouth when it doesn't doesn't work out
0: yeah I definitely think that this probably isn't fair but I think that we have different reactions based on who the person is and, you know, whether it's warranted or not, like their level of status, like there is another person who we've reached out to a couple of times who I think is a higher level of status, at least in in terms of like social media popularity, um, who hasn't responded to us. But I feel like with that person, I kind of let it go. Like, oh, of course they didn't respond. Like, they're way too busy to even, you know, I'm sure they have so many messages that they probably didn't even see it kind of thing.
1: Maybe. Still a little bit of a jackass move, but maybe.
0: Oh, I don't think we're talking about the same person now. Oh. I'm talking about the person who.
1: (laughs) I love how how we know who we're talking about. We can't say the name. (laughs) But these are real people, people. Trust me. Yeah,
0: these are (laughs) real people. Well, the. The person that I'm referring to is the person who you reached out to way in the beginning, maybe before we even started having guests on, and then more recently reached back out after drinking a bottle of wine. Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, it was. Yeah. That was a good night.
0: (laughs) This is taking a little bit of a, a detour, but have you ever whether after drinking or just kind of <laughs> having having a moment of confidence, sent a message out, a, either like a direct message or left a comment somewhere that the next day you were embarrassed by or regretted?
1: No, probably not. Have you?
0: Um, I don't think anything that's like really bad, but definitely after having... I mean, I don't drink a ton, but if I have like two drinks, I'll definitely comment on things that I typically wouldn't comment on and be like extra excited about it. Like, I, I feel like I I I'm not a big commenter or messenger to begin with. Yeah. But after, I mean, I I'm. This is exactly how I am in real life too. And I love how you always say the person you are on social is the person you are in real life. After two drinks in real life, I won't shut up. So I think I kind of bring that to social media.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten to a point where I've left something where I've regretted it, but um, maybe when I'm sober, sometimes that happens a little bit more yeah, often than when I'm, when I'm drunk. But. I don't
0: think that it has to be alcohol related because I think sometimes we, I've definitely have had moments where I'm feeling more confident and I think on that day that I sent the follow-up message to the, the people who rejected us, I was like kind of having a confident moment. I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna reach out. Like, what is the big deal? But then I feel like when when I got that like no we can't do it message, it felt kind of like, all right, Michelle, you shouldn't you shouldn't do stuff like this because then you feel like crap. Huh. Um, but the reason I kind of wanted to bring this topic to the show is because um, I don't feel like it's I usually have that kind of mentality where I'm I'm brought down that easily but I think that everyone has experienced that at, at one time or another and I think that we need to work harder to basically just get over it I mean I don't know what the best way to do it is but I think that all of us have kind of grown up with this thought that being rejected is bad and that we should avoid it at all costs. I think that there are so many things that we haven't gone for because we see rejection in the path of obtaining it. And we don't see that as like, we might need to get 10 rejections to get the one yes. And I think Uh most people just aren't willing to put themselves through that.
1: Yeah, sometimes I can I can see rejection coming because I don't know if if the person receiving whatever it is you're you're putting out there, um, an idea, you know, f- from a creative standpoint or or a suggestion of a direction where to go, that that person is not going to be where you are and from a mental standpoint and a lot of times it's easier for the person receiving that to shoot it down because maybe the thought of going there is something they don't really necessarily completely understand. So, you know, they're more apt to say, well, I don't know if this really fits here. or I don't know if this is really the right. And it sort of leaves you in a position of like, yeah, I kind of anticipated this was going to go this way, you know, so like, and then you kind of kick yourself for even trying it because you knew that this was going to happen. Like, it's not so much like, I'm afraid of, of failing. It's, I kind of know that this is going to go this way sometimes. And it's like, you almost want to sit there and go, maybe I should have found a better path to get there as opposed to completely, you know, taking the half court heave and hoping that I was going to hit it.
0: So are you saying that maybe you should, in let's just like give this random example that you're going to reach out to this person and you're anticipating that it's not going to go well, that maybe you either should have waited a long time or kind of like built up to the big ask instead of just going right for it
1: yeah I think that's I don't know about waiting a long time um I I think people are often set with what they know you know you know what you know you're comfortable with what you're comfortable with and unless you display a personality of like willing to take chances and try new things and think outside the box and all these you know cliches that we talk about you know people are what they are but if you are different, like take it from a design standpoint, like if you want to push the end the envelope with a design concept that you feel in your heart based on what your your client is looking to accomplish, that this is going to get them there. But it's so far outside of what they can even fathom because of where their mind is and what they're looking to basically what they think they want as opposed to what you think is going to be more effective and ultimately get them what they want. Like I think it's more or less like that, whereas it's that like, I don't know if there's ever going to be a situation where you're eventually going to get them to that point. I think it's usually like, it's really hard to do all that lifting to get somebody there. So my point is, is that sometimes it's like, I should have probably just dialed it back and, and, you know, because it would have, it it wouldn't have led to this feeling of, of rejection, even though I feel like I'm right, I wouldn't feel like it was still a failure
0: you're kind of reframing this in a way that I had never thought about it before. And that rejection is really a disagreement. I mean, one person is saying like, I think that this would be a good idea. The other person is saying like, no, I don't think that your idea is a good idea and I'm not doing it.
1: And and I, and I don't necessarily like, it's not, it's, it's not anyone's fault. Like, you know, it takes, we always say this, like it takes two to tango. And if you're coming at it from, what you think is appropriate and another person's coming at it from where they think it's appropriate, there really isn't a wrong, you know, it's just, you know, one person's the decider, one person's on the receiving end (laughs) and one person's on the, on the suggesting end or the ask, uh, you know, and unless you find some kind of like mutual way to make this work and you thread the needle, like someone's going to come off of this, not getting what they want. And it's a lot easier to take a more conservative route than, push the issue and if it doesn't work by chance have to explain why you overshot your skis you know what i'm you know what i'm kind of getting at here
0: do you feel like creative people take rejection harder because we have better imaginations and we can get a clearer picture of what an end result might look like a positive end result
1: That's, that's the key part. I think that's it. I, I I think, I think people in creative industries don't, don't just stop at the product. I think they see things all the way through. I think they see the results based in it and it's not just, well, here's my design and I'm done or here's my video and I'm done. I think you see the, the end game where it's going to go, what it's going to accomplish, how it's going to move the needle. And it's easy to hit, set off that domino effect of like idea to completion to end result. Um, and a lot of times when the plug gets pulled in the process, you go, but I can, it's, it's going to work. I can see it. And it's such a frustrating feeling. So yeah, I, I do, I do think people in creative industries, um, you know, I work with a number of people who, uh, who, who, um, work in digital and video on our team and, you know, I know there's an error, an area of frustration when a concept that they want to do doesn't necessarily go because, you know, it's not met with the same, you know, anticipation and excitement that, um, you know, the other person, you know, might have for it. So yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a true statement. So let's put the shoe on the other foot for a second. Like, you know, we say like creatives might take it harder because, you know, they're they're they can see, you know, they can see down the road. It's the way they approach their work. But like, with that comes a little bit of ego, though, right? Like, I mean, that has to factor into this. And and I, I know I have one, <laughs> but like nah. I, I tried. I, yeah, I know. I know. Um, and it does bite me in the ass, you know, and it has on the on occasion. But I I I think sometimes that can also get in the way because you're proud of what you feel like you're capable of doing and to lower expectations or roll things back sometimes seems like an insult.
0: When you say it that way, like you have to compromise your vision, I don't, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't feel like we should have to do that. We shouldn't have to pander when we have a creative vision. Like, I know that it can be adapted and it can change, but to not go forward with like your best idea because you feel like the people on the other end can't handle it.
1: Mm. But you know how, you know how, okay, so what I think sometimes, like the way I take it sometimes is, and maybe this is a bit selfishly, but I always feel like it's, it's my, my concept that's getting shot down and it's because it, 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 because it's my thing singularly where 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 I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, but I'm not just thinking about it in terms of like, this is my idea. I'm thinking about this as how is this going to benefit what we're trying to accomplish? How is this going to get us to where we need to go? So it's like, it's not about the idea. Like the idea just gets you to the next step in the process. And it's like the the, the hard part, I think, to take when you're being rejected is, but i'm thinking about all of these other things i'm thinking about how people are going to receive it i'm thinking about what they need to hear i'm thinking about what they expect from us and and ultimately if it doesn't go that way okay like we always say it's a two-way street but it's not just like oh my idea wasn't wasn't appreciated or people had problems with it it it, it it's it's because you did all the work to think about it playing down the line, not just, boy, wouldn't it be great if they took my idea? Because that really means nothing at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: Now you're making me feel like I should be pitching things in, in a whole different way. Like not not pitching an idea, but pitching a concept or, or that, that end result. Like how do we – is there a better way to <laughs> – present our our ideas that we're not doing?
1: Um, I try not to make it about the idea like I I try not to make it about even though it is like even though you want to execute some really cool stuff like I'll give you an example. Um, There's a district that we work with obviously you know schools are reopening and we're doing some some what you could, could traditionally would call back to school you know stuff you know back to school content planning. But it's not really – we we want to take the idea off of and really get rid of like thinking it is back to school because it's anything but a return to what you would typically define as school. But the pitch idea when we were kind of planning a lot of this stuff out really centered around – our whole world is is at, at times unrecognizable right now and what we want parents to really feel is – they, what we want them to see is something they recognize. Like you want to have it be something that hits something that they look at and say, that's normal. Like, yes, there are kids wearing masks. Yes. They're socially distancing. Yes. You know, this looks a little bit different, but it's, it's this district's education that I'm familiar with and that they've always been there and it's been a staple in our community. And so that's more or less the feel. So it wasn't like here's this way that we can we can create this video and 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 do this it was we know that this community feels uncomfortable right now and there's probably very little that we can we can do by just telling them it's going to be okay because okay we can't guarantee that but one of the things that we know is going to happen this year is is that in-person virtually hybrid model whatever an education is going to be delivered and in this community that education has always been a constant so how do we storytell with visuals that remind people that yeah it's going to look a little bit different but it's also going to be very similar to what we've seen in the past because that friendly teacher is there that 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 school bus driver yes they're doing different responsibilities but they're there i think that's the challenge so you want to almost kind of pitch it from a psychological standpoint of what is it going to buy you in terms of trust in your community and maybe alluding, uh, uh, alleviating rather some some anxieties than, okay, here's how we're going to string this video together.
0: Using that great example, do you feel like we can use that to reach out to guests in the future? Like, should I be doing something different? Should we be doing this in a different way?
1: I think that the, the, the difficult part with with being on podcasts or or getting invite from podcasts is that like we think about ourselves as a singular, like it's our podcast, it's our baby. It's something that we care about. Uh, and we pour our heart and soul into and to anyone else except, I mean, people who really love listening to this and, and mom, right, right, right. Your mom (laughs) pulling in number one fan. Um, uh, you know, it's just another show. And like, you know, and I think that's sort of like, you know, and and pod- podcasts are a dime a dozen. So like, you know, sometimes I always think like, how many people are actually like asking them on a regular basis about being on the show? Like, I'm sure if I kept getting asked, you know, three, four times a week or whatever it is, like, I'd probably get a little overwhelmed too and have to start turning people down or saying no, or thinking of myself in higher demand saying I'm only going on, you know, the better ones because, or the, or the more highly listened to ones or the more successful ones because... Um, that's gonna do more for me, so um you know, sometimes I think it's 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 a little bit of that where it's not necessarily like do we have to do anything different versus like how are we thinking about our show versus how is a potential guest thinking about our show? If you're smart, you know, like one of the things that I love about Keith Steckler is that anytime somebody says something about Keith, he retweets it or he shares it in his story or and you know, I love that because it's 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 free publicity about something that you do. It's somebody else saying something really complimentary about something you do. Now Keith's not narcissistic or anything like that, but like he's he's aware that like, you know, this this is a good thing, you know it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing to have good word of mouth. So like I think the smart guests who do come on this show can use some of the stuff that we do on their behalf. We're basically doing this work for our guests which is our pleasure to do mm-hmm. that they can share this stuff and it can kind of further their message and their brand and what's important to them. Um so I think sometimes it's important for even you know potential guests when someone asks you, you know, do you want to be a guest on the podcast, think about what it can do for you as much as much as it can do for the person asking you.
0: You said something that made me feel like I need to make a distinction because I obviously brought this topic up because it's still eating away at me, but I want to make it clear that I am not angry or mad or think that these people made the wrong decision by saying no. I am more upset with my reaction to it and that I, I let myself take this so personally. Um, more so because It has already affected me negatively in thinking about asking for things in general, but specifically I can draw a line to asking people to be on the show, because right after that happened, there was another person who I have had in mind for a long time that I wanted to ask to be on. So I was like, okay, you know what, maybe I can like recover from this and ask this other person instead. And... I hesitated, and I said to you, "You know what? Before I do that, I think we need to like do a little bit of an overhaul on stuff. Like, uh, one of the things I mentioned was that we need to rewrite our the tagline or our description that's in our social media bios because it's honestly we <laughs> slapped it together when we first started the show three years get ago. Get the site up and running, yeah, yeah, just to get something up and running, and we we didn't really put a lot of thought into it. So all of a sudden, you know, just like how you would react, I think in real life in a situation where like, you know, maybe you ask someone out on a date and they say no. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe I should like get my haircut or like do my makeup differently or something like that. Um, I think, you know, I, I had a reaction like that. But like I said, I don't, I don't have a huge track record of feeling this way in the past. But I think it's really because... I don't take a ton of chances. I think that I am really careful, kind of going back to what you were saying about, I don't pitch crazy ideas unless I'm pretty positive that they're going to work. So what I'm trying to take from this experience is to keep putting myself out there and just be okay with getting no's, getting more no's, more consistent no's, I guess I should say.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think that's great. You know, my sister told me a long time ago one of the things that I remember her saying is is that there's always other there's always another opportunity coming along and I've always had that in the back of my mind like, you know, whether it's, you know, career-wise or whatever. Um there's always another opportunity and you know, it might be no this time, but it might be a yes the next time. And I think that's what you're looking for whether it's in a creative idea, whether you're trying to book a guest on a podcast, whatever. It's easy to get yourself down on something. But I think the important thing is, is that a lot of times I say to myself, well, I shot, right? I made the mm-hmm. shot. I took the shot and, and it didn't work, but I'm going to take the shot again the next time. And the next time I'm going to hit it.
0: There's a quote that I posted. Um, I took a picture of this and I posted it, I think on Twitter and on Instagram. And I've been, I haven't stopped thinking about this since I posted it. And it was by Steve Case, who is, I forgot who this person is. He's someone cool. The quote quote came from... Cool uh, guy. He's a really cool guy. The quote came from Tribe of Mentors, which is a, a book by Tim Ferriss that has profiles of people who he deems to be influential and personal mentors to him and has this book is filled with quotes and i'm posting them on instagram constantly but this one um particularly hit with me and it says remember babe ruth was not only the home run king he was also the strikeout king and i thought that that was awesome it is just a great reminder that in order for good things to happen we need to do a lot of striking out first
1: love that double points for a baseball reference michelle if you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives and let us know what stood out to you. See, I have levels of hats. Uh, one of them is definitely a uh, a gamer, I'll call it. Like, you know, it's the one that I would wear out in like, you know, public scenes. So this is the gamer. This is the real one with, with the right logo on it. And then I wish I had the other one with me to, to, to make the point. But the other one is kind of like, you know, I have you know I got to cut the lawn I got yard work to do but I still want to wear a hat but I don't want it to be the gamer that's the one I wear it's like a practice hat it's like there's like something slightly wrong with it The, the the order of the colors and the light bulb are out of order it just feels like the one that like you know all right we'll bring them along like I that's I I use that one for those purposes